Now, last week, you also remember, we carefully laid out that Jeremiah, although he might have been a good friend of ours, he was chosen by God to be a prophet to the nations, right? And if you remember uh, Jeremiah's response, oh, God, I'm just a boy, blah, 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 blah. And God said, don't say you're just a boy, da, 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 da. I have put my words in your mouth. Remember that? God told Jeremiah, I will appoint you over kingdoms and nations to pluck up and to pull down, to destroy and to overthrow. Now, very quickly, it seems, as we read it, Jeremiah gets right to this message. And he brings us to where we are in chapter 2 today as we consider our lives as chosen, chosen people of God and what that means for us. Now, as we read this passage together, you need to realize that what's going on is that God's people are on trial. Okay? Think of what we just read as court TV. Okay? God's people are on trial by God. And essentially, what is going on, God is pleading the case against the people. And essentially that case is this. My people have traded everything good for something else. Or maybe better this way. My people have traded me for something else. You see, God's people, according to God's promise, had everything good. Had everything they needed. Everything was, as Jeremiah says, good. And not just kind of good, really good. This isn't dollar store milk, okay? This isn't off-brand honey. This is the real stuff kind of good. The kind of stuff people travel on the other side of town to get. And they'll pay a lot for them because this is really good stuff. And that is what the people had. God brought the people to the promised land. And he had everything. But they traded it for something else. In fact, God tells us through Jeremiah, they traded it by pursuing worthless things. And in the process of that pursuing worthless things became worthless themselves. They traded everything good for something else. Think of it this way. They, they took out a $10 bill and they were willing to trade it for a thousand or maybe even a million dollars of Monopoly money. Take that Monopoly money to the nearest grocery store. And what are they going to tell you? It's worthless here. Maybe you won the game after six hours at home, but it's worthless here. Now, remind me again, what do most of us do when we come across maybe at home or something, something that's worthless? Most of us tend to throw it away. God says, my people have committed two evils. One, they have forsaken me, the living water. And two, they have dug for themselves cisterns, cracked cisterns that cannot hold water. Now, friends, here's the reality, I think, that most of us understand. We, we get it. We know that money can't replace God. We know that our, our job isn't as valuable as God. 
We know our hobbies aren't as important as God. We know even that our relationships aren't as important as our relationship with God. We know those kinds of things. But sometimes it can be very hard to realize when we've traded some of those things against what God is offering to us. So I don't want to be another preacher that gets up here and tells you over and over how bad we are, because I think most of us get that. I think most of us realize that we, yeah, we fall short. We mess up. I want to be the one that sort of offers us something a little bit different to think about. We realize in the text in Jeremiah, it may be helpful for some of you to keep it open, but in verse 8, God tells us that this turning away, this trading, everyone's doing it. Everyone's doing it, right? And if everyone's doing it, I need to do it too, don't I? If everyone jumped off a cliff... Well, apparently all the people of God said, yeah, I'll do it too. Just tell me when and where. Because beginning in verse 8, not only are the people, not only have the people turned away and traded God, but also the priests, also those who handled the law, and also the prophets. And what's really interesting for me is that Jeremiah is included in that group as well. Remember, he came from a line of priests. So is there something specific about Jeremiah that separates him? I don't know. Did God call Jeremiah because he was young and maybe he didn't want to be a... I don't know. But everybody was doing this. Now, I want us to realize, and I want to drive home these two images that God gives us of what has happened. God gives us two images, very, I think, powerful and striking images of how the people have traded everything good God had given them for something worthless. God says, my people have forsaken me. They have turned their back on me, right? They have rejected me. They have forsaken me the what? What does God refer? The living water. Now, put in your mind... A spring. A spring could be called living water, can't it? Because water brings life, does it? There are people who will die today in this world because they don't have what? Water. When scientists go looking in other planets for life forms, they don't go looking for foot tracks of little green men or little green women. What do they go looking for in part? Water. Because where there is water... It's thought there is life. So you have this spring that gives up not just water, but the purest of water, right? That anybody can come and refresh themselves and have life. And then many times that little bitty spring here can can flow and come down, and in other places it turns into a huge river, and that huge river can feed into a a huge lake or a huge ocean to where that we can say that that spring, that living water, is living because not only is it here, it's made itself down in other places for other people and other animals, other parts of God's creation to live off of. Y'all with me? There's that image of the living water. But they've forsaken the living water. And they've built for themselves cisterns. Broken cisterns. We we know what a cistern is, right? It's a well. 
right? And it seems like a good idea, right? Hey, um, it doesn't rain a lot around here, as you can tell by our grass. So I got this idea. Let's build a hole in the ground so that when it does rain, we can catch all the water. So that when it doesn't rain, we can have water to fall back on. Seems like a good enough idea, right? Unless it doesn't rain. Or let's say it does rain. And that water collects in there. That water pours out. You're thinking, yes, we got all this water we're going to have for the rest of the year. And that water goes in there. We'll realize the spring is living, but the cistern is not. You see, that water may collect in that well, but it's going to sit there. And you know what happens when water sits. Sometimes it's thirsty. Like some, well, anyway. Little animals start flying all around it. Green stuff starts to float on top of it. And then, you know, you know what's there. You know what? All the animals know what's there, too. So I think, you know, like the psalmist said, as the deer pants for water, right? You see that deer coming. It's hot outside for that deer, too. That deer finds that well. And if he could just pull in just a little bit further to get some, and falls in, in your water. That's pretty nasty. But God says, they have forsaken me, the living water. And they have built for themselves cisterns. They have traded this We all know, we've already discussed that, that we're going to do that. We have a tendency to do that. Sometimes, sometimes we, we, we do it more than we want to, but the fact is, we do it. We will trade God for other things. Pastor John, I know about the love of God, but you know what? The love of God doesn't seem to help me win my arguments all the time. Yes, I know about forgiveness, but you don't know how much I was wronged. You don't know what they said about me. You don't know what they accused me of. I know about mercy, but those people aren't from here, John. And I know about compassion, but the game is fixing to come on, Pastor. (laughs) And I know faith is important, but I've just got other things on my plate. The question isn't if or even when, because we know we will trade what God gives us for something else. The question we really need to ask is why? Why would we do that? Why would we want other things to be more important than God? Why would we want to make other things important to God? The fact is, if we're thirsty enough, we'll drink that other water. People around this world do it all the time because that is all they have. Now, it isn't the best, but if it's all we got, it's going to have to do. And if it's what I got right now, then I'll take it. 
And friends, many times as we do this, as we trade this for this, it sort of starts to get easier because this is easier to deal with sometimes. This is quicker. I can get by better with this. Pastor John, that other stuff, I think it's great. Let's talk about it in church. But that doesn't really apply in the real world, brother. We've traded this. Now, yes, God's people are on trial. God's people are being accused. In verse uh, 9, God says, once again, as to say, I've already done this to you, but once again, I accuse you. But God's people aren't on trial by God because God is trying to convict them and God is trying to sentence them. God is trying to get them to realize what they have done. And so, friends, the good news for you and I is that even though even though we chase after worthless things and become worthless ourselves, the good news is, whereas most of us would throw the worthless thing out, God wants so dearly to hold on to it. The good news is that we are chosen by God for so much more. Would you pray with me? Loving God, we we want the living water that you are. We want that pure, life-giving water that you offer to us. So this moment, God, hear us as we cry out to you for forgiveness. As we cry out to you for redemption for all the many times when we've chosen something else. Give us the faith today to take the living water you give us and to have in it the new life you want us to have as well. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.